Well, Thomas, back again. Episode three. Yes, episode three and closer and closer to Holy Week. Yes, now that must be pretty terrifying for you. I wouldn't say terrifying, but um, it's certainly occupying plenty of time. Right. And what, what is it, what's the sort of thing that you're doing? Well, I'm working through putting together all the music that the choir needs at the moment, and I think I'm up to about 300 and something pages. And you're still on Morning Thursday? <laughs> I've, I've nearly got through to the end of the Easter Vigil, and we're recording this on the Thursday before Palm Sunday. That's right. Just to really uh, place the listener in uh, time and space. <laughs> Uh, and uh, but uh, the end is in sight, at least for the preparation. Well, that, well, at least for the preparation of the paper. Of the paper, yes. <laughs> the next thing is that the the boys particularly have to learn to sing it all. Some of it's repertoire. Some of it comes around every year. Some of it they've sung in a recent concert. So it's not all going to be new to them. But there's a lot of work to be done. And have you literally? Uh, not started rehearsing any of it yet? No, we, we have started rehearsing some of it out of context and in different uh, from different copies. But um, if you've ever tried to get 40 or so people to have the same piece of music at the same time and know where, where you're going from, um, that can be really, really difficult. So what we do is we put it all into one ring binder in order, um, sequential, so uh, that minimises the amount of faffing about, or at least it's supposed to. Well, it minimises the amount of faffing about for them, but it, then, of course, then you're stuck with, uh, with what <laughs> yes. you're up to at the moment. That's right, <laughs> hours and hours of, of compilation, but it, it is worth it. I do remember, was it last year or the year before, that you very proudly showed off to me your new binding machine, yes. uh, which I'm sure is now still taking uh, centre stage <laughs> in this process. <laughs> no, it's, it's extremely valuable and very useful piece of equipment, yes. Well, that's uh, excellent. Uh, but uh, otherwise, um, you, you've had your concert recently, as you mentioned, and which we talked about last episode, uh, two performances. How Two do you performances think it went? of misery. I mean, miserere. Well, it was um, it was very good actually. I think um, people enjoyed hearing the the choir at closer quarters in the crypt, um, and people seem to like concerts in the crypt. But I have to say, I really don't like doing music in the crypt. Now, I find it really difficult. What? what why? What? What's so difficult? Well, it has a very washy acoustic when there's nobody in there. So when you're rehearsing, um, it's really hard to hear any detail, and you have to get the choir to sing in a, in a very different way that they would anywhere else. But of course, it, it completely changes then. Is that what you're saying? When As soon as anyone kind of steps that's inside. Right. So you can't <laughs> that's utterly really confusing. prepare very well for it. You just have to um, hope that the choir will respond to the way the building behaves when they're when they're singing and how do you think they ended up doing well um i think on the whole pretty well at least um if the the reaction of the audience is anything to go by i think that the boys actually um enjoyed themselves in the concert i think they liked being able to engage with the audience a bit because there's not that gulf that exists in the cathedral yeah um so uh, so that was good that's excellent i mean uh, you're right that members of the audience seemed to appreciate the concert uh, one person that i spoke to afterwards described it as the most beautiful experience i think i've ever had well that's very nice to know um we must be getting close to the mark then um uh, and this is an interesting question for us you know with the with the music at the cathedral because obviously concerts aren't really the core of what we do we're here to sing services um but we do do these occasional concerts and people say wonderful things like that um but we still struggle to get the word out. We still struggle to um, to communicate that, that there's going to be a concert that might be a, a, a nice experience for people. Um, we did have two performances of the recent concert in the crypt. Um, 
But uh, we hope to be able to, to encourage more people to come and hear these things when we put them on. You know what you should do? What's that? You should start a podcast. <laughs> well, thanks, Richard. Thanks for- <laughs> but actually, one thing that we, we, we did do and you asked me to help with was a, a video that went out to, to certain uh, subscribed individuals uh, ahead of this concert. That was a, a fun morning's work. Uh, well, it was an interesting and unpredictable um, exercise because uh, we invited two choristers to help us advertise the concert, Jackson and Kang. And uh, yes, you just never know what they're going to say. And we certainly hadn't written a script or anything beforehand. No, we did not. And uh, it was interesting how to see how the boys sort of developed the form of words with take after take um, so that we did, did end up with Kang eventually saying quite cheerfully that, that James McMillan is alive and well and living in Scotland right now, which, none of which is untrue, but it was, it was just a little bit bizarre in context. Well, I think the reason that he said that is that I had corrected him. He, he initially said that he thought James McMillan had only recently died, and I felt that I really needed to point out well, that. Well, he actually, I, I, my memory of the situation was that he actually turned to you even while we were still rolling and said, oh, actually, sir, has he recently died? Is that right? <laughs> like and you right, said, well, yes. no. <laughs> But uh, and so then you said, well, no, he, he he's alive and uh, he lives in Scotland. He said, oh, really? In in, in Scotland? As <laughs> if that were the most kind of extraordinary thing about the, well, the uh, whole proposal. Uh, uh, only very exotic things and people can co- possibly come from Scotland. That's a very good segue. We have a, a special guest here. Uh, who is uh, a face that's becoming ever more familiar around the cathedrals, just sucking the last of his uh, tea from the cup there, Mr Simon Naminsky. Welcome. Hello. Nice to be here. Um, It's a real pleasure to have you here, so thank you very much for joining us on uh, Staved Off. Well, glad you have tea here. Don't like coffee. No, well, we, we were hearing that. And um, um, were you beaten as a child? Uh, no, but the looks of, in, of incomprehension when I tell people here that I don't like coffee. Well, I mean, it's like I've dropped off, uh, dropped off a spaceship or something. There is a, a certain amount of, of coffee uh, obsession, some would say, in in Australia, in Sydney in particular. Wait till you get to Melbourne. And indeed, uh, New Zealand. I mean, the, the, the fact that, that, that these places fight over who it was who invented the flat white is, um, <laughs> some might say that that's, a, that's an argument in favour of, of the idea that, that they haven't got anything better to talk about. Yeah, I don't see the point of it. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now, Simon, you're, you're new here. And um, Thomas, you'll agree with me that whenever we have someone new, we like to kind of really really sort of break the ice with them and uh, find out what they, they think and feel and about some of their experiences. You, you'll remember that we did that originally. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and uh, so, um, well, Simon, we've got the, the usual list of questions here. I mean, completely usual list of questions, not not one that I just happened to download from the internet this morning at all. Uh, so let's, let's um, go. Um, the first exercise is to complete these sentences. Um, truthful as you can or not no one really minds although most people don't find is that it? yeah it's a strange one isn't it? no that was my answer is that it? Uh, although most (laughs) people don't find is that it? okay how about my idea of beauty is well decent weather for a change Right, and so you're pleased with that here, are you? Oh, yeah. Yeah? When I, left, when I left Edinburgh, it was snowing, and when I arrived here, it was, I don't know, 36 or something. Yeah, well, that's quite different, isn't it? <laughs> um, the funniest thing that ever happened to me was... <sighs> Thomas, 
can you answer that one? I mean, just tell me what you said originally. I don't know enough about Simon to answer for him, I'm uh, sorry. No, but you can answer for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> does it have to be clean? Yeah, it does. No, no, yes, it does have to be clean, so I'm better not answer that. Okay, when I think of prunes, dot, 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 oh, just what? to continue in that in oh, that. When I think phase. of prunes, I think you can ask me about music. Okay, how about some of your experiences? Have you ever... Prunes, hang on, prunes. Yeah, prunes, prunes. Prunes, prunes. prunes. Uh, you know, I don't think I... Oh, no, I have had prunes. I've had prunes and custard. Prunes and custard, that's a very um, English or possibly British Yeah, thing I, to I wouldn't have. make a habit of it. I think I need to be polite. <laughs> right. <laughs> you were at someone's house. I think so, yes. yes. Well, it was a school dinner or something like that. Yeah, right. Well, so we, we're hearing that he's polite, so we like that. Um, have you ever ridden on a motorcycle? No. Okay. Are you uh, interested? No. Okay. No death traps. I wouldn't do that. Nor push bikes. Have you ever met a celebrity? Uh, yes, uh, met the Queen, and uh, that's Pri- rather better than a celebrity, isn't and it? And Prince Edward and Prince Anne, uh, just down the pub. No, one of my jobs in Edinburgh was um, on the sa- on the Sunday afternoon. I used to conduct a chapel called the Robin Chapel, which had an adult professional choir. It's a great job. Anyway, so that we had our 60th anniversary in 2013, and it was kind of a modern day Chantry Chapel in member in memory of one Robin Tudsbury who uh, did duty at Balmoral during the Second World War, before he later went off to uh, for active service and was killed sadly at the end of the Second World War when his parents built this chapel in memory of him. But the Queen, as a young princess, Elizabeth, knew him. So she was the only one at that, that service who actually knew Robin Tudsbury. So she was the, the link back to the, the name. She was, she was indeed, yeah. And it's a tiny chapel, so she was sitting, I don't know, 10 feet away from the choir. And I happened to be in the line-up to, to shake the royal paw afterwards. And that, well, I'm sure, was a, a, an honour for you. I was great, yeah. So, so I, uh, she was introduced to me. Uh, this is Simon Minsky, our director of music, and she said, shook my hand and said, yeah, and moved on. Oh, right, <laughs> you didn't even get the Have You Come Far. No, no, no. Oh. I think it was fairly obvious that, that I hadn't. <laughs> Have you ever been a car salesman? No. No. Interested? I've sold a car. I think I would... Well, I think that I think I, I, I think I would suit one of those sheepskin jackets. What, one of what sheepskin jackets that you... It's, it's that, it's that, that's kind of a, a, a cliché in Britain, isn't is it? it? Yeah, it's like a big 1970s oh, style yeah. sheepskin jacket. For cars, for second-hand dodgy car salesmen. But you weren't wearing that at the time that you sold yours. No. And do you regret that now? No, I think you have to attain a certain level of a certain level within the profession to earn the jacket. Oh, I see. It's like that. <laughs> it's like that. <laughs> have you ever participated in a beauty contest? No. Why would I do that? Why are you even asking me that? Well, because it's on the list. It's on the list. Why don't you just yeah. look at me? Have you ever been somewhere while an earthquake occurred? No. I see. I have. Well, I haven't. Yeah, well... Uh, yeah. I, I, mm. I've been somewhere... I've been places where earthquakes have occurred. But not while you were there. No, it thankfully. Your, because... your presence wasn't so momentous that, that the earth shook. No, mm. not in that sense, no. No, well, I was in bed once in Japan, and there were tremors, and the bed kind of moved across the room. Uh, it was about sort of 11 o'clock at night, and... Um, I thought, well, this is interesting. And then the following morning I woke up and no-one mentioned a thing about it. So. <laughs> I've played for a couple of times in Japan for an organ festival. Mm. And I think it was two summers ago, I played in a city in the north near, uh, called Sendai. Sendai, and they have a small Catholic cathedral, a very nice German organ. And uh, they were heavily damaged by the 
earthquake and tsunami of 2011 that oh, yes. caused the Fukushima disaster. Yeah. Uh, and as part of the concert, there was, unlikely as that might seem, an actual Scottish bagpiper there. Because it was a culture that changed Scottish things, that's why I was mm. asked. So, I mean, obviously the thing you do in Japan to, for a cultural organ exchange is to invite an English organist of Polish ancestry to come and play. So I did that. But who played the bagpipes? No, that was an actual Scottish chap. Oh, so it wasn't even a Japanese chap? Who no, 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 that killed. was in Tokyo. Oh, right. uh, but the actual Scottish piper was in Sendai. He was lecturing at some university there, married a Japanese lady, I think. Uh, and he said that that particular earthquake in 2011 uh, was the only one of you know, about a dozen that he'd experienced, the only one in which he was actually scared. Right. So. Very good. No, pretty routine. And we're, we're, we're getting close to the end of the questions oh, now. Shame. Do you speak a second language? Uh, I did French and German A-level. A um, bit rusty now. I was almost better at German than French. OK. And have you ever played an instrument? No. No? No. Not musical at all. But you'd like to learn one, wouldn't you? Not really. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't bother. Mm. Um, mugs game. Well, um, let's move, moving on from there, you're here as assistant organist. <laughs> <laughs> assistant director of music, I think uh, you're yes. fine. I've made that mistake in the past. Excuse me, forgive me, but uh, you, uh, you are the assistant director of music, mm. and um, how are you finding it? Yes, good. New challenges. I'm aware that your boss is sitting right here in the room with us, so we yeah. Can't... Can we ask him to leave? He, uh, <laughs> he won't hear this afterwards, will he? <laughs> no, I mean no one ever hears this, so it's uh, it, it just goes into a black hole somewhere. Yeah, it's fine. So this is the, the second Roman Catholic job I've, I've had. I've been brought up and worked in the Anglican call tradition for uh, more years than I care to tell you about. Yeah. Uh, my last job in Edinburgh was at. Uh, St Mary's Cathedral number two. This is my third St Mary's Cathedral in a row. I was about to make that point actually. So, is is that was that uh, a deliberate choice by you to only go to St Mary's Cathedral? No, just happy coincidence. Right. Both St Mary's Cathedrals in Edinburgh. Yes. Uh, both both cathedrals in Edinburgh are called St, St. Mary's. Mary's. Um, there's also St Giles Cathedral. That doesn't really count because it's the High Kirk of St Giles. I see. Uh, they just they just still give it the sort of honorific title of cathedral. And you mentioned your work with the, um, the, the, the the professional choir in Scotland, which of course wasn't the cathedral choir, but what mm. was it that you were doing in the cathedrals? Well, uh, going back to St Mary's Cathedral number one, which is a Scottish Episcopal, i.e. the Anglican Cathedral. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's not Anglican technically, it's part of the worldwide Anglican Communion, Scottish Episcopal Church. I was, I went up there. We are sticklers for accuracy. Yeah, absolutely, on this show. yeah. Why not be? Um, I was there as first as assistant organist, and then the lady became organist and master of the music. And that has a, a choir school and daily even so We had Saturdays off, but otherwise it was every day and twice on a Sunday. Right. I mean, the, the choristers here have it quite easy, I think. That's, That's a controversial thing to say. Yes, indeed, Thomas. What would you if well, I would say that whilst our boys work hard, um, their their schedule. Um, as as comprehensive as it is, uh, doesn't really rival that of many boys that do similar things in other places. I suppose it's really a question of um, sort of context and well, relativism to use a dirty word. Absolutely right. I mean, they're they're, they're sort of elite musicians in terms of what they produce and what the what they're able to do. Um, and if you're to be elite anything, if you're going to be a, um, a highly skilled athlete, you need to, to do it every day. And so, yes, as you say, context. Cool. And uh, so, Simon, what more do you think that the choristers here should be doing? 
I don't think that we should be doing any more in mm. specifically. I was, just, uh, I was just observing that they seem fewer services than I was used to in the Cornwall Foundation. That's, I mean, it's a very interesting to get the, the kind of broader perspective, of course, on, on those things, because certainly within the Australian context, I think it's fair to say that your choristers, Thomas, are, are, the, are the most... Uh, um, heavily worked, probably. Is that right? Well, there are there are more choral services going on in the Anglican Cathedral in Melbourne. Right. Um, although I think there's a bit more sharing going on now between the boys and the girls choir than there used to. Right. The cathedral I, I had in the Episcopal Cathedral in Edinburgh had just had one travel line. It was boys and girls. It was set up like that when the music school was was. Uh, Kind of founded. St Mary's Episcopal. Do they, do they sing together or, or, yes. or separately? Oh, yes, it's just one travel line. Right. Um, that cathedral is uh, was founded in I think eighteen seventy eight, something like that. So uh, with a choir school when it was just boys, and then that was uh, rejigged. I think in nineteen seventy nine. Right. Like that. Right. And became a music school, Scotland's specialist music school, um, which serves as a choir school for that cathedral, and it was uh, changed into a boys and girls. Uh, travel line, which in the context there works very well. Were you ever two timing the two St Mary's cathedrals in Edinburgh? Or? No, no. So you moved from from the Scottish Episcopal one to the. Yes, I went to work at the Roman Catholic, the Roman Catholic, Catholic after, after nine cathedral. years at the, at the Scottish Episcopal. And cathedral. and was it more of more or less the same? Or no, it's quite different. Right. There's no choir school, no particular call, uh, stable call tradition there at all. They, they had been a boys choir which uh, I think fell into bits in the, probably in the latest 1980s, actually, or thereabouts. Could have been a bit later. Uh, and at that time, it was basically an, uh, an amateur choir. Mm. Um, parish choir with a few paid choral scholars. But that wasn't my job there. My job was to be cathedral organist because they had a new cathedral organ. Oh, right. And, uh, well, speaking of, of new organs, I understand that you've, you've, you've tried to bring an organ with you from the UK, is that right? My own little house organ, yeah, just yes. arrived on, on, on was, the bits were unloaded from a, a lorry yesterday. Now, you say the bits, so what's the story there? Because I think there is a story. Well, it's had to, had to be disassembled oh, for, for travelling purposes. It's, um, from, it's Opus 2007 of the Wicks Organ Company of Highland, Illinois. And it's a Wix Sonatina model, three-rank pipe organ. Now, speaking as someone who doesn't really know much about about house organs, how big are we talking here? You, when assembled, it could fit probably into a six-foot cube. Oh, right. So it's pretty tiny. It was yeah. made as a, a model in that uh, that period for you know old folks' homes and private homes and funeral parlours. And is it your intention to have it in your, your flat here? Oh, no. It's far too expensive for me to afford some of that little house and organ. Uh. No, I, I think eventually it will, it will do service in the crypt here. Oh, really? That's yes, very generous of you. Right. Well, it's, it's good that it'll be used. It came from um, a redundant Jewish temple in Ardmore, Oklahoma. And so you then got it from Ardmore, Oklahoma to Scotland, did you? Mm, yeah, I did. And it and but then also in bits at that point. Yes, and it was yeah. assembled in in a house we had at that time in the Scottish Borders. Yeah, and how does it compare with the new chamber organ in the cathedral? A different sort of instrument. Right. It's, I mean, it's, it's a sort of tiny romantic instrument. And are we are we pleased with the new organ? Is that? Oh, well, I think so. I think it's great. We're yeah. very, very happy with the, the new chamber organ. Clarabelle. So, beautiful. So we should probably... Yeah, Simon's named it Clarabelle Klopp. Um, after the, one of the carriages from Thomas the Tank Engine? 
No. no, Annie and Clarabel were the... Were, oh, no, I didn't yeah. know about that. No, OK. But uh, uh, now we should probably explain to listeners who are wondering quite... I'm, I'm named after the, the main engine, of course. Thomas, yes, yes Thomas right. the tank engine, yes. So, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for <laughs> clarifying. <laughs> but we... Uh, the, the, the organ that we're talking about, I mean, in case anyone's thinking that there's been some, some major work done in the cathedral and all the large organs that they're used to seeing have, have been replaced, no, we're not, we're not quite at that stage uh, but not, we're instead we're, quite. we're talking about an organ that's in use actually in daily use and it's possibly uh, am I right in saying the organ that is perhaps sees the most regular use in the cathedral um, as it's used for the uh, divine office the vespers and lords on Sunday in the chapel known as the chapel of the Irish saints mm. is that, uh, is that that's a reasonable summary of what quite what we're talking that's about that's what happens yes yeah. and um, it that's so. That's smaller than your house organ, Simon. Oh yes. Yeah. 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 Mine, mine's two manuals and pedalboard and swell shutters and oh wow, all those sorts of things. Right. Yeah. But uh, then your new organ, though, Thomas, the the chamber organ, that is um, that was built for you in in Germany. Is that right? Holland. In well, Holland. The in the Netherlands. Yes. Um, there is a distinction there, and I'm never quite sure what it is. I think. I think we'll just leave it as Netherlands, shall we? Yes, that's <laughs> I think Holland is a region of the Netherlands, isn't oh, it? Oh, that's good knowledge. That's good knowledge. Would you like me to look it up for you? Um, why not? Yes. Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> Holland is a region, former province on the western coast of the Netherlands. So the Netherlands, which is the kingdom of the Netherlands, is the is the whole sovereign country, yeah. right? Well, that's as as I say, we do like to be um, accurate we on, do. on this show. Yeah. Um, so we've talked about organs. We've talked about Scotland a little bit. So, Simon, you, you have a wife who is, I understand, going to be following you here before too long. That's right. And you're pleased about that. Oh, very. Yeah. And uh, what, what is it that she does? She is currently uh, a head teacher of a large primary school in the north of Edinburgh. And is that the kind of work that she's going to be carrying on doing here? No, she wants to do something else. Right. OK. And, and perhaps we don't know what it is yet. Not that we're revealing, anyway. We'll find out. We'll find out right. in, in due course. But it's a great opportunity for both of us to be here. So you're, you're, you're pleased to have... I mean, so far, you're pleased to have moved to Australia? Oh, yeah. Yeah? It's great. Because you were a long time in Scotland. 19 years. Yeah. 19 years, although I'm English myself. I'm a Londoner. Uh, yeah, indeed. You're an Eng Englishman Londoner with a Polish surname. Yep. And uh, so you have an a Polish ancestry. Yeah, my father was Polish. Right. I know that one one thing that you're involved with here, Simon, are the St Mary's Singers. Yes. And um, you you mentioned earlier that you've got experience with a variety of, of choirs. How, how's it going with the singers? So the... far, so good. Yeah. Um, I don't think we've shed any members yet, to my knowledge. That's very good. And and you are preparing them for their own Easter contributions. Yes. 9am on Easter Day, is that right? I think that's right. That's correct, yes. Mm -hmm. I'm yeah. glad I got that right. Always good to know the schedule. Yeah. Uh, and um, so that you, you're doing the singers, and they, um, I know, have have had a little bit of a, a turnaround with with a variety of different conductors over the last couple of years. So they'll be pleased to have someone um, a bit more permanent, no doubt. I hope so. Still in the honeymoon period, but uh, yeah. I'll ask again in a year's time. Okay, I shall do. I'll make a note. Um, and uh, uh, you are also, as I understand it, organising organ concerts. Yes, uh, that is uh, certainly the, the, the plan. But the, in, the, in the immediate future, 
Um, the plan is to do one myself to introduce myself to the congregation. Now that I think is on Wednesday the 4th of April, is that yes, right? Yes, Wednesday of Easter week. Yeah, at 7pm. 7pm. Yeah. Yes. And Won't be boring. No, it won't be boring. Won't be boring. If it's boring, you get your money back. Free admission, by the way. Right. <laughs> Is it a little drinky afterwards? Oh, I hope so. Yes, yes, yeah. we'll, we'll do that. Very good. And, um, and Thomas, you must be pl- pleased to have um, someone else organise organ performances. <laughs> I'm very pleased for lots of reasons that Simon's here. It's great. Yeah, excellent. Mm. Great. This is, after all, supposed to be a podcast about the Cathedral Choir. You've had some chance to, to work with the choir in its various forms, even if it is mostly Lent now. Uh, and uh, so there's less uh, organ required, as we were talking about last episode. But what's what's your impression of the choir so far? Well, it's certainly on a level with the best British cathedral choirs. Well, you must be gratified to hear that, Thomas. Well, yes, of course. Yeah. Uh, I mean, e- easily so. And I'm, I'm aware there's not really the point of some sort of point of reference in this country because it is a unique tradition in this country. But I just hope that everybody who is involved with the choir either who sings with it or maybe calls the parents or anybody that hears it uh, is aware of that fact. I think it's important because it, 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 you can, of course, kind of get too close, can't you, and then become a bit blasé about the whole thing and, yeah, and, and be too aware of the personal difficulties of the, you know, the amount of work that's involved, even yeah. if it is less than uh, than some, some other children on the other side of the world <laughs> and so on. So, uh, yeah, but having come in here with that perspective, yeah. uh, I, I certainly feel very privileged to be part of this. Well, that's great. Uh, and But I understand that, that when the choir is going on tour in May, you're going to be left here holding the fort, is that well, right? I know. I mean, I've been I've been to Belgium before. You've done Belgium. I have done Belgium. Yeah, and Italy. Uh, not so much, but I have been to Italy. I've never been to Rome though. Oh right. But uh, I particularly wanted to go to Belgium for the beers. Right. Very, very big fan of Belgian beers. Uh, Thomas, any comment on the subject of Belgian beers? No, but I shall be able to comment when I come back in a couple of months' time. Yes, I, I, yeah. I shall instruct all the men in the choir to bring back two or three bottles each. Oh, right, <laughs> just to really fit into the duty-free... Uh, yeah, quite. Uh, There's some small consolation for having to, to mind the shop. And, and what will that look like while, while they're all gone? Pentecost is a major feast that will be... Oh, well... Though, during I, the tour. Well, the St Mary's Singers will be singing on Pentecost at, 10, at the 10.30 Mass. Well, that's a great honour. I them. think, I think yeah. it's the first time they've sung at that particular Mass. I, I'd imagine it would be, yeah. Well, Simon, thanks very much for joining us on... Uh, Saved off. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Is that what the podcast is called? It, it is. I mean, oh. I'm, I'm surprised you haven't heard it sung from the rooftops, but uh, no, that's all right. And uh, um, I hope you won't be a stranger. I hope we'll be seeing more of you uh, on, in episodes to come. I would be delighted. Yeah, that's excellent. And uh, we will be checking in on you again to make sure that the singers are still happy with your uh, work with them. <laughs> uh, but um, for now, I think we should probably, as is now our custom, uh, listen to some music. Thomas, have you have you picked anything out for us? Yes, well, since you made a clandestine recording of our concert on uh, Sunday, maybe a little bit of that. Right, and uh, what in particular? Um, well, we'll have Bruckner's Christus Factus Est. Our Archbishop um, said to me after the concert that he attended on Friday night... Um, that he enjoyed the music uh, and that he didn't normally like modern music. I assumed he was talking about James Macmillan, so I was talking about about that piece. And he said, no, 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 I, I mean the Bruckner. 
<laughs> no, I think that was a joke. No. <laughs> Bruckner, of course, was fairly firmly wedged in the 19th century. Well, Is indeed. Right? <laughs> He's more modern than Palestrina. Sure. But uh, not, not contemporary. Not as modern as, as some of the things you see. <laughs> indeed. He's not alive or well or living. Even in Scotland. <laughs> no, indeed. So, uh, anyway, um, I thought we'd have a bit of that, and, and we'll just bear in mind that it's a live recording. Oh, yes, so you can always hear a little bit of the, the creaks of the audience and the, the crypt can be a little bit unforgiving and, and all the rest of it. Mm. But until next time for the April episode, which will be after Easter, uh, goodbye and here's the Bruckner.